Yeah, that's where I kind of stumbled onto it. Um, I was trying to see how Mike Allstott trained because the dude was a freak. And I figured if I could lift like him, I could do the stuff he does. So I kind of, that's where I started researching that and found out that he was using chains. And then that kind of led me, kind of stumbled on some articles from Dave Tate and Louie. Uh, and then, you know, I did it for probably a semester or so. And uh, I felt really good. So I, that's kind of the point where I knew I was on to something. And then, you know, over the years, just kind of developed and, and put it on with my athletes and stuff. And then, you know, a few years into that, um, the kids started doing really well with it. So that was, you know, kind of confirmed what I thought I had kind of stumbled onto and then it worked. Yeah, that's that's so huge. Um, like a solid training program can drop injuries like crazy, you know. Because a lot a lot of the injuries that high school kids see, a lot a lot of times they're not severe, or they'll start out as something kind of minimal that could have been headed off at the pass with some good strength training, you know what I mean? But um, you'll get little things like tissue starting to bind up, and you know, overtraining in certain areas, and this will you know, unfortunately, eventually can lead to kind of a catastrophic thing, but if we would have caught them early on with solid training, it, w it wouldn't be an issue. And, I, and I've seen it time and time again. It's not me just, you know, talking. I've seen time and time again a good training program comes in and the injuries drop. I'm going to say go blue because uh, Michigan State used to train hit style, and I'm not down on that. Even though their straight coach is like one of the, probably the legends in the game, I, you know, I can't get down with the hit stuff. Funny, uh, I've kind of been on a break here the last three weeks, just kind of letting myself settle down, and we've been pretty busy at work and with the kids around and stuff. I'm start, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm starting to get pretty, uh, pretty short fuse ornery with people, you know what I mean? So it's... It, we're in the pandemic and we're talking about mental health and all that stuff. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely training. I gotta, I gotta have that. You know what I mean? This is Nate Harvey with Elite FTS, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Ah, yes. We're here. Episode number 52 of your Iron Dread podcast. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. This week on the show, we have a huge guest, very special guest. This week, Mr. Nate Harvey of Elite FTS. Been waiting for a long time to have Nate on the show. Learned a ton from him. Had a lot of fun talking with him on this episode. As we said last week, we're still catching up from a major... Uh, technological breakdown here this one was intended to be the week of new year's uh, for nate being on we're getting everything caught up here uh, on the show nate was a lot of fun to talk to we had a lot of laughs really had a lot of fun and 
you know, you could hear Nate Harvey on many other podcasts. He's been on many different shows. Uh, I think some of the things that you're going to hear Nate talk about in this show not only pertain to training and be useful to strength coaches and athletes out there, uh, but you also get to know the man a little bit and get to uh, you know, have some fun here talking about the variety of different things that we talk about on this show. Uh, but before we get to Nate, I just want to thank all of our listeners all around the world for tuning in each and every week to your Iron Dread podcast. Remember to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on all of them, folks. You name it, we're on it. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Anchor, our host platform. You can find the Iron Dread podcast out there and subscribe to it each week. Also, please don't forget to follow us on social media. Our handle is at Iron Dread Pod. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Check us out out there. Follow the show. Keep up with the episodes every single week. Interact with the show. Give me the good, the bad, and the ugly for feedback here, what you think of the podcast. If you are a person that has something interesting to share and you'd like to be on the show, reach out to me. Hit hit me up at that social media handle. And uh, let's, let's get you on here. Let's get on the show and let's get talking. So, folks, um, don't really have too much more right here. The state of things as I record this, uh, the word is we're going to get back into the building. We're going to get back into school and get back to training. So I'm really excited for that and looking forward for that. My own training has been really good. Helping to uh, accomplish my goals and working hard with uh, with uh, my training partners there. So folks, without any further ado, I give you the man himself, episode number 52 with Mr. Nate Harvey. And here we are, we're back, live to record from the Sanctorium of Strength. This is your Iron Drip podcast. I'm sitting here uh, chatting it up uh, with a gentleman that I've learned an extreme amount from in the ways of training and the conjugate method. He is a, the, an executive equipment specialist and coach for Elite FTS, and he's the former head strength and conditioning coach of Olympic sports at the University of Buffalo in Buffalo, New York. Mr. Nate Harvey, welcome to the podcast, sir. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I've learned a lot from you. I've been waiting to waiting to build some episodes here before I ask uh, Nate Harvey to come on because you're you're setting a, a record today. You are, you are the first guest to be both on the Elite FTS Table Talk podcast and the Iron Dread podcast. There's only one man in the world that's ever done that, and that's you. <laughs> Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> Step it up in the world. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the Iron Dread podcast averages about, you know, give or take 60 listeners a week. Hey. <laughs> not where you start, it's where you finish, man. Absolutely. It's a, a, a try to try to put out a good quality show for the financial investment that the listeners make, right? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, you know, we're going to talk with Nate about all kinds of stuff. We're going to have some fun uh, with him as well here. Um, the first thing, Nate, we always start with is kind of, you know, you've been on a bunch of different shows. So you, you uh, 
know, people that want to really hear your story in depth, they can go to other places for that. But just for somebody that may have never heard of Nate Harvey, you know, kind of what's your story? How did you, you get to where you are and what you're doing right now? Um, kind of just real quick, kind of started training when I was 12, um, 42 now. So that kind of has been a while now. Um, did all, uh, did all my schooling. And then, uh, like you said, I was a strength coach for 10 years at University of Buffalo. And then, um, been with Elite now for three years, kind of doing the equipment thing and, uh, doing some coaching as well in the equipment sales. And that's kind of, kind of how I got where I am. And you, uh, you were an athlete in college. Yep. Uh, you. All right. So you were an athlete in college. Uh, you played football in college, correct? Yeah, Brockport, uh, Division Three, big time, big time college athletics. <laughs> Know it well. We've we've had a lot of uh, Brockport uh, influence coming through the Iron Drip podcast lately. Um, last week's episode, a buddy of mine, Ben Hall, went to Brockport. Uh, was on the show the week before that. Ryan Nacarado, uh played football there. You know, I, Quentin Johnson, another football player there, who I've been trying. Quentin Johnson is the head football coach at Kingston High School, our alma mater there in Kingston, New York. I've been trying to get him uh, set up with you. Uh, to have you come down there and oh, do Oh, nice, man. I'm trying to get him to have you come down and do a, a seminar because um, I've shared a lot of the conjugate stuff with him. And uh, I think, uh, you know, short drive down there to Kingston, um, you know, short drive, six hours down there to Kingston. <laughs> Whatever, we'll figure it out. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> to get down there. But yeah, you played, um, you played football at Brockport. As you said, you were at, at, the University of Buffalo doing all that stuff. And we could kind of break into the different things here. Um, when you were growing up, did you play any other sports besides football? Uh, I actually played uh, basketball, basketball and football. Um, my hometown was kind of, was really a basketball town. So that was, you know, that was big growing up. But I always obviously like football more. I kind of did the basketball thing to, you know, just try to contribute to the team. Um, didn't score many points, played a little bit, but. Uh, uh, you know, it was kind of help me stay in shape and stuff. It's funny. I always played basketball, but I could never get my friends to play football. So I feel like they kind of owe me. <laughs> we had a hard time finding guys to play football. So that was always a struggle. And you grew up right there in the Buffalo area, right? Yeah, about an hour from here. Okay. Yeah, I, you know, obviously going to Brockport, you had a bunch of guys from out there. One of my, one of my roommates was, was right th- from right there in Orchard Park. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I did, yeah, we did have a lot of Buffalo guys. Yep. All, all, uh, all kinds of people from uh, from all over, all over New York. There, um, so then that kind of after your time there, that's that's when you you know when people know Nate Harvey, right? It's always you know conjugate training, right? One of the big things that that you're known for. And you back a few years ago, you put out a book, Conjugate You. Um, I'll uh, yeah, we'll talk about that in a moment, and I'll put a, a link for people that want to get that. They can uh, go find a link to that in the um, in the bio to show here. Uh, but what kind of got you started? Um, you know, training because I know you you kind of started with the conjugate stuff while you were in school at Brockport, correct? Yeah, that's where I kind of stumbled onto it. Um, I was trying to see how Mike Allstott trained because the dude was a freak. 
And I figured if I could lift like him, I could do the stuff he does. So I kind of, that's where I started researching that and found out that he was using chains. And then that kind of led me, kind of stumbled on some articles from Dave Tate and Louie. Uh, and then, you know, I did it for probably a semester or so. And uh, I felt really good. So I, that's kind of the point where I knew I was onto something. And then, you know, over the years, just kind of developed and then put it on with my athletes and stuff. And then, you know, a few years into that, um, the kids started doing really well with it. So that was, you know, kind of confirmed what I thought I had kind of stumbled onto and then it worked. And, you know, we had kids, um, whenever we started it, the kids would start feeling better within a couple of weeks and I would get that feedback, you know, and then over the course of a couple of years, we were starting to get some kids athletically doing some things they maybe shouldn't be, you know, kind of overachieving type stuff. And um, so then, you know, a few years in, I was like, I, I should, should put kind of a manual together and kind of try to share this with people you know i always kind of thought like if my dumb ass can do it you know there's a lot of people smarter than me so you know if i could get it out and get it into their hands you know it could really help some athletes so that was kind of kind of the, the motivation for doing that you know what i mean yeah uh, and it, it that that book helped me and that book was uh you know the you know the first first thing that uh Hey, Zach, come here. That that book was uh, you know, kind of the thing that helped me sell conjugate here. So folks, we got a your guest coming in the cool. studio, Mr. Zach Bagby. Yeah. And notice that shirt he's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> notice that shirt nice, he's wearing. We uh we you know I was telling Nate pay for that thing. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Oh, you know, we uh we we got him. He said, Did you actually you actually paid for that shirt? Said, yes, I bought it. <laughs> <laughs> I read the book. I had to support you some way, you know. I uh, appreciate it, man. <laughs> it's awesome. It, it uh, yeah, man. We uh, we read that book and and got it out there and and do all that and you know we we you know folks, you're, you're live to record as as the motto of the Iron Dread podcast. We literally just these guys just finished up training down in the Sanctorium of Strength and uh, and we jumped on here with Nate, so they're they're getting ready to head out. Uh, we'll see you guys later. Um, and uh, yeah. When Zach happened to be wearing Nate's shirt today, as he comes in, wearing a Conjugate U shirt. That's cool, man. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh you've you know I, I I've said it before in our many different conversations. You got a lot of fans out here in uh in Dexter, Michigan that follow follow your stuff and have uh have learned from you. Uh, maybe I need to get out there. We, we need to do a seminar and get some stuff together. We're, Absolutely. Uh, I, th I think we probably got a little more traction out there than we do in Western New York. Strength, strength training is not a huge priority right now. You know what I mean? What we're talking oh, about. Yeah. It, well, the, the nice part about out here is you know, like, I'm blessed to be able to be a high school strength coach. Like in New York, we don't, we don't have that. Like you don't have a designated person in many schools um, to, to do that. And that that's one of the things that like, you know, I brought Quentin Johnson up earlier. They struggle with that. And, and every coach that I've had from Kingston um, on the show, they all talk about it. We don't have a designated strength coach at our school so our coaches are trying to pick up that responsibility for each sport but what makes it nice is when you have that de designated person then it becomes a unified program they're all training on the same philosophies and and doing things correctly and uh you know gives the coaches a you know a chance to just focus on their sport yeah it's it's tough and it's just um i think we're just a little bit behind you know for whatever reason um but it's 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 improving. You're starting to see a few pop up um, here and there, and you know more. I think we're getting some younger younger teachers and stuff in. That younger, they're probably around my age. 
but um they're they're starting to see the importance and it's it it's catching on a little bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. um you know it's like here in ohio is kind of a different world you know the, the the high school sports out there are much more important and there's a lot more emphasis put on them but that's just that's just a regional thing you know what i mean it's um like i said it's improving so so we are making some headway so that's you know a, a positive yeah and i mean it, it's it's what's in the best interest of the kids right you think about like a lot of these schools are mandated to have an athletic trainer to help take care of the kids after they get hurt. Uh, but what about a guy or a girl that can help reduce the chances of them getting hurt in the first place? Yeah, that's, that's so huge. Um, like a solid training program can drop injuries like crazy, you know, cause a lot, a lot of the injuries that high school kids see a lot, a lot of times they're not severe or they'll start out as something kind of minimal that could have been headed off at the past with some good strength training. You know what I mean? But, um, you'll get little things like tissue starting to bind up and, you know, overtraining in certain areas. And, you know, unfortunately eventually can lead to kind of a catastrophic thing, but if we would have caught them early on with solid training, it, w- it wouldn't be an issue. And I, and I've seen it time and time again, it's not me just, you know, talking. I've seen time and time again, a good training program comes in, the injuries drop. And one of the pre- the presentation that I do at our parent meetings every sports season, I pull up because I work closely with our athletic trainers and I pull up our injury statistics and I, I put it in a nice, you know, people, people love, you know, bar graphs, right. And charts, right. You put, put it up there year one, year two, year three. Uh, and you just see that trend going down in our injuries. Oh, and go figure, you know, the pandemic comes in, we're training at home with, god knows what and oh that that year four number is going to go up a little bit you know because because right. all, all of a sudden that training went out and and again i've said it's, it's a lot of the stuff that you talk about in your book um that's that's what got us there um and got us to where we're at so again you're you're helping a, a lot of people so before we kind of jump into talking about how you train right now and you know how you uh, work with your athletes i had a segment of the show You'll like this, right? They're speed set questions. Okay. Right? Right? They're supposed to, they're, they're, and they're supposed to be fast. Uh, oh, you know, shit. But they never are. <laughs> there are 10, 10 questions that are supposed to, you know, go quickly, and they never do because usually I drag them out on the tangents, but they make good talking points, and we have some fun uh, okay. learning a little bit more about you and, uh, and you know just having you get some good conversation fun conversation probably stuff that you've never talked about in a podcast before right here Uh-oh. all right all right so first one being out here in michigan i gotta ask this question everybody you know and people outside of michigan don't really uh know this all right but when you're when you're a native michigander you live in michigan college football is huge right but you have to pick between two colors go blue or go green where does Nate Harvey fall on that? I'm going to say go blue because uh, Michigan State used to train hip style, and I'm not down on that shit. So. <laughs> yeah. Go, Even Michigan though their straight coach is like one of the, probably the legends in the game, I, you know, I can't get down with the hip stuff. So. <laughs> I'm going to say Michigan. Uh, the, uh, I, I've had a chance one day to meet um, the, the guy that's at Michigan now, um, okay. Ben Herbert. 
and you know we we started talking a little bit and you know couldn't talk with him very long but it seems like you know he's of the of the mind i don't know if he would call himself a conjugate person right but you know i walk in the in the weight room there's you know west side barbell reverse hypers and inverse curls and specialty bars um you know we talked a little bit about the you know olympic lifting uh you know opinion where uh-huh. he he's not he's not one that's of the opinion that in order to build much like yourself in order to build explosive strength do you really need to olympic lift to do that right you know so cool. it's actually pretty pretty cool to see that and the facility um <laughs> out there is immaculate i don't know if you've seen the pictures of the facility that they built at michigan but yeah, it's ridiculous. It's the football one. They did. They literally took an old indoor football field and took half of it and made it a weight room. Yeah, pretty enough. It's <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's a, if only we had a blank check to build the weight room of our dreams. Right? I know, right? We've all <laughs> we've all had that dream and done that daydream. And if I have this, here's what I built. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. So Nate Harvey's a go blue guy. All right, he's a go go blue guy. All right, hey. Your favorite movie? This should be an easy one, right? Could be. I'm gonna say the program. Go the program. <laughs> Your high school favorite. There you go. There you go. The the program, uh, which if you haven't haven't seen that, uh, we won't we won't spoil it for you. There's some great. <laughs> very very deep plot on that one. Very in depth. <laughs> Probably should watch it a few times so you get everything. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> our um, our linebackers coach is very very big into the into the program. Right. All right, your favorite TV show? I don't watch TV hardly at all. Um, uh, okay, something I uh, recently watched that was really cool was Wayne on Amazon. Okay, well, what's it's, that about? Uh, it's about this. Uh, he's like a high school kid, and he's kind of kind of messed up, and his like his dad's kind of sick and stuff, and uh, he just goes and kicks everyone's ass and runs off with his girlfriend and stuff, and it's just <laughs> kind of dark. But it's very cool. They got a really good soundtrack, uh, a bunch of good bands on the soundtrack, so that kind of sold it for me. Uh, Wayne on Amazon. Wayne on Amazon. Go check it out. If you're a dude, you'll like it. All right. And I, I wrote it down because you know we're stuck in our stuck in our houses here still in Michigan. So yeah. f- finding some stuff to distract my brain. Uh, you know, I can only try to read some of these uh, strength texts for so long before my brain starts to shut down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as you love it, there's a limit to that stuff. Yeah, well, it just becomes a point where I, I stop retaining. Like I'm I'm reading the words, but they're not they're not staying into my yeah. brain. Yeah. my brain all right so wayne on amazon uh you know we'll check that out your number one hobby that's yeah, training that's yeah you know and i've funny uh i've kind of been on a break here the last three weeks um just kind of let myself settle down and we've been pretty busy at work and with the kids around and stuff i'm starting I'm, I'm at the point where i'm starting to get pretty uh pretty short fuse getting pretty ornery with ornery with people you know what i mean so it's, it's we're in the pandemic and we're talking about mental health and all that stuff um yeah definitely definitely training i gotta i gotta have that you know what i mean yeah i mean people forget about that that side of things you know when they when they went and closed gyms down yeah all right they're trying to keep everybody safe but how many how many of us you know especially people that listen to this show 
um, and follow you. How many of us at that time training is, is our time to kind of blow off steam and, you know, feel, feel a little bit better, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and it's, it's not like people kind of portray it online too. Like people post stuff, you know, it's not like the meathead thing. Like if I don't train, I'm going to kill somebody. You know what I mean? It's just like Rogan has a battery analogy. Like we're like batteries. Like you got to, you want your battery to work right. You got to drain it at some point. Like you mm-hmm. can't, like he's, you know, people get really, it's just that energy just sits there. You got to, you got to kind of burn it off. You know? We're like, we're like little kids. You got to let the kids go outside and play burn the energy off or they start getting crabby and don't listen and all those others. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. I guess I'm just a big three-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I, hey, listen. My wife got me a laser tag set for Christmas, so, uh, so, so when it comes to being big kids, I'm I'm right there with you. I like a lot of cardio. <laughs> yeah, but you know you can run and hide behind stuff. Right. <laughs> run and rest. Run and rest. Yeah. Intervals. Yeah. You're doing interval training. I got you. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Write an article about it and be an Instagram influencer on interval training with laser tag. <laughs> Perfect. All right. So the fifth question on here is one that it's my favorite question on this list. And uh, for you, somebody that grew up around the motherland and currently lives in the motherland of this food item. Chicken wings, Nate Harvey. How are you ordering them? And what side are you dipping them in? Uh, I'm going barbecue. And the place we get them from has them extra crispy, so they they cook, so they're not all slimy and shit. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going straight. I don't dip them in anything. Straight, straight barbecue, and of course you wouldn't even consider uh, the things that you know people refer to as wings, but lack a bone, but still call a wing. Is it the chicken finger? <laughs> not a wing. <laughs> the chicken finger or a chicken nugget, right? Yeah, yeah, chicken nugget. <laughs> That's that's a big argument I have out here with with my uh, my athletes. We'll start talking about food, and they're you know they're all you know saying boneless this and uh, whoa timeout. Yeah, that no. doesn't even make sense. Boneless and wing do not go together. Uh, <laughs> does does not. If humans don't have a boneless arm. Like you need the bone in there to make it an arm. Correct. Otherwise, it's just a floppy piece of fucking skin with some muscle. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. Yeah, no good, no good, no good. So barbecue, no, no side, no blue cheese, no ranch. That's another thing out in Michigan. They all want to they dip their wings in ranch. Yeah, I mean maybe once in a while, but for the most part, yeah. Now, now being a Buffalo guy, right? I can talk with you about this. Um, I've only been on one side of this heated wing debate. I've only been to Anchor Bar. I've not been to Duff's. Do you have a preference between the two? Lenovo, really? Never yeah. heard of it. Trumps both of them, in in my opinion. That's our. That's where we usually go. Lenovo. Uh, if Trumps. I had to pick Duff's or Anchor Bar, I'd probably go Anchor Bar. Oh, the OG, the original, right? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, I'm not saying they're bad, but we usually we usually go Lenovo. Lenovo yeah, Bar's pretty good too. Lenovo is better. You're saying Lenovo is better than than Anchor Bar, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh I'm hoping one of these times when I'm going back home to New York to travel through Canada and drop in there by Buffalo, you know, make the, make the stop in Buffalo for some wings, make the stop in Brockport, you know? Yeah. 
you know, <laughs> do all do all that. So I, I guess go see, go go check out Lenova and and uh, in Buffalo and see about their their wings. All right. So uh, when it when it comes to training, and um, do you have? Yeah, you know, we'll talk. We could talk a little bit here about how you train. But do you have a favorite exercise when you're training? Um, and how how are you training? I'm um, still following a conjugate thing. Um, haven't competed in two or three years. Been a little banged up, but I would like to again at some point. Um, I was telling my training partner the other day, my new favorite exercise is anything rowing because it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. All the other stuff seems to hurt lately. <laughs> so, anything back, rocking, pull seems to seems to work out well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you spent some time, you know, as you said, competing in powerlifting. Um, what what federations did you compete in? Did you compete equipped, raw, uh, for our- uh, equipped? Um, what did I compete in? I did IPA. Um, there was a couple other ones. I can't I can't think. SPF. I did a couple times. Um, and then uh, there was a couple non. I can't remember. I can't remember. Donnie did the West Side Invitational a couple years. I can't remember if that was. Uh, sanctioned by a federation or not, or if it was, you know, but um, those are the ones I was um, a light 308 or usually lifted around 290 or so. I did a couple meets at 275 when my weight started coming down a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I've always competed with gear because that's kind of what I known. And at this point, that's what I have to do because there's no way I could do raw stuff right now, it feels terrible, yeah, just beat, beat up with it. Yeah. Um, and that that's something that. You know, it seems like the opportunities, or at least where we are, it, it seems like there's a lot more folks, at least from what I've been able to say, competing raw around here. Um, I, I've done a, I've done two meets in, in the USAPL just because, cool. you know, one, one of the things I know you believe in is is if you're going to ask the kids to, to, to do it, you probably got to be willing to do it yourself. Um, so that was one of the things that when we were getting ready to start a powerlifting team, because we had interest in it, um, you know, I said, "Oh, I'm going to have to do a meet, and so I can, I can know what it's like to walk, walk in those shoes." Um, so, but you, you still train in a conjugate style, um, haven't competed in a in a few years. When you were when you were at your at your peak and you you weren't so beat up, what kind of numbers were you putting up? Um, my best total is twenty four fifty. Um, best squat was a thousand. Best bench was seven fifty. And I think best bowl was 750. So I couldn't put all my best lifts in the same meet, but yeah. those, are, those are my numbers. Um, I was talking with one of my former athletes. He always gives me a hard time about my grip because I used to drop deadlifts. <laughs> and you uh, probably, some of you guys, uh, Rob Golubek, he's on Instagram, does a bunch of stuff. But um, I was like, yeah, dude, I would have had, if I could have held on to 800 pounds, I'd have two 800 pound deadlifts in my name right now. But my sissy grip wouldn't do it. So. <laughs> yeah yeah so you know if if again if you don't if you're coming to this podcast you don't know nate the guy has has walked the walk he's uh he spent time under the bar and i think that's uh you know one of the one of the strengths uh that you bring to the strength game is you know you've spent time under the bar you're not just a guy that has knowledge and is trying to apply it to other people you actually have done it much like louis and dave and you've done it yourself to know what it's like when you ask the kids to do it and train. Right. And, you know, but those were the guys that I followed coming up and my, a lot of, you know, I've got some local influence here too. It's just, that's just how they did it, you know? And 
like you mentioned, the kids, like they know, they know what's up. You know, um, how many times in high school were you having to run wind sprints? You called your not to his face, but under your breath, you were like, let's see you do a fat ass or something to that, you know, to that tune. You're like, fucking, let's see you do it. So I think it helps with the kids. They kind of understand, like you talked about, you understand what they're going through. So they know you guys are kind of into trenches together a little bit. You know, so it's not that it's not that uh, you got to be a world record holder or, you know, they, they should at least know that you they should at least see you train hard once in a while or so they know that you're in there banging with them. I think that think helps. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the things that that helps to get buy in is when you can say like, oh, we're trying a new variation today. Oh, when I did this last week, I noticed that this helped make this better. So try that. Just right. little things like that, I think, helps to, to connect with the kids. You know, yep. before before we started recording, I was talking about, you know, with Nate about, you know, today we did max lower and we just, uh, you know, shameless plug, elite FTS equipment, right? We bought one of those. <laughs> we bought one of those. Um, I, I have one of, of the um, core blaster uh, belt squat apparatuses that attach to a bar uh, for those of you that are unfamiliar with it it basically it slides over the end of the barbell and it comes with a belt attachment you hook the belt into it stand up twist it to the side and now you can belt squat um, you know we tried that today and and took that for you know heavy sets of five you know and i'm looking at like okay now that i have that experience i know what that that can do well now maybe we're gonna you know down the road get six of them and put them in our weight room for our kids and to be able to tell the story it's um, you know i think i think the fact that that we train um really really helps um and and it helps give people like when you go and do all these seminars i think the fact that you're training you could show what you've done and how it applied how it helped you how it helped the athletes like i think that helps make your point yeah absolutely you know or a kid's struggling with something you could even you know you could mention those stuff don't they yeah we did them last week and i was sore for three you know three days or whatever and they kind of realize that you're not just giving them bullshit yeah not, not just feeding them feeding them stuff and making them do it and standing there watching them like you right. you've been there um okay so we're, we're moving along here um uh, so some of these we'll, we'll mix them up a little bit here um when, when you're you're watching obviously whenever whenever i have a former football guy on the, the next question is what's your favorite sport to play but i almost always know the answer to that when i have a former football player on the show <laughs> Football. I mean, you can compete in powerlifting, and there's nothing, there's nothing like it. You know, if you, you Johnny, Johnny Thompson uh, said that's what he loved about competing. You get to feel like a superhero. Like that's that's Saturdays. You know, you're about to take the field and feel like a world beater. You know what I mean? Sat- there's nothing else like it. Saturdays out there, Bob Boozer Field. Yeah. Which is significantly <laughs> significantly nicer than when you know when you were there yeah. and when I was there, right? <laughs> Turf and LED locker rooms and yeah, uh, it's uh, I laugh about. It. I make a joke. Of, you know, I, I tore my ACL on that field when it was grass oh, in a in a hole, and now now they got turf. So it it's uh yeah. you know, my 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 injury. My, I tell I joke around with people. My injury helped contribute to them getting turfed. <laughs> 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 but when you when you were there, when you played, you played under the same head coach that I played under, and I know he he means a lot to you. And we'll talk about him right here, Coach Rocco Salamone. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
where do you start? Um, yeah, it was, it was a huge influence on a lot of us. Um, uh, just a really good coach, not no bullshit. You know what I mean? Which helped me in my profession. Now it's like when I, de- when I had to deal with coaches before I could tell when a coach was full of shit because I had a great coaching college and I, you know, he wasn't like Mr. One-liner or Mr. Cheerleader, just, mm-hmm. uh, trying to come to do work and get your, get your job done and, you know, kept it simple. And, um, all the guys respected him, had a huge, huge amount of respect for him. So, you know, just very lucky to, to have played for him and, and been there for, you know, the turnaround and stuff. So, you know, like I said, man, can't, uh, can't be coach, coach down though. No, no, he was, he was one of a kind. You know, we we enjoyed him. Like I got there in 2006, um, so that's right around when he he found out that he was sick. Uh, yeah. Was, was my that was my either my junior year or my senior year. He found out he was sick. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, but yeah, having him there, like he he'd be in there in the weight room, you know, walking on the treadmill, reading the paper, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he, he said, "Hey, coach, Christopher." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, and just yeah, just so much, so much stuff, you know, with with him. Like, um, you know, remember, you know, some something's going bad in the game. Right? He's walking up and down the sideline, and he's you know muttering to himself under his breath, and he takes his headset off, starts clenching his teeth. <laughs> yeah, um, you knew you knew you were like when we were we we, we had kind of a rough group. Maybe not super disciplined. We knew when he started uh, chewing on his bottom lip and picking grass up and throwing it that we were fucked. <laughs> you know, we knew it was going to be a rough day. I remember the one day he was out uh, early before practice, probably an hour before practice. He was out on the field running one tens by himself, and we were all nervous as shit. We were like, "What is going on?" We we're like, "Coaches out there running, dude. We're fucked." You know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, there, there's. I mean, I could sit here and tell stories all day, but um, yeah, when when he uh, when he started muttering into himself and chewing on the bottom or do the hair thing, yep, running his fingers through something was coming. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, did, did you ever did you ever have to roll the discipline dice? We did. I think that started my senior year. To be that honest, I think that? it was this in my senior year. I think he brought that freaking thing out or maybe the spring <laughs> i swear i swear they were weighted to the one side so that it would uh, i think you're right i think it, it was six. it would land on the sixth uh for for those non non brockport uh football players here nate and i are kind of reminiscent here having some good laughs uh, coach salomon had these dice these large canvas dice and if you did something wrong, if you got in trouble, you had to roll the discipline dice. And based on what you rolled, there was a penalty that you had to, to do. And if you rolled snake eyes, it was an act of God. You got off free. <laughs> I think I wound up three times, um, you know, having to step up to the dice. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> one was, one was, I was, we, we had a break in the day, went back home, you know, to our house. We lived on Erie Street right there by Flash's Tavern. Um, and I uh, went back to the house, you know, laid down for a second, went to sleep. All my teammates that I live with thought I was driving myself to the next meeting, left. So I was, uh, I was late. Um, as, as a frustrated, a frustrated senior, 
I uh, got a little uh, aggressive with my O line coach, Coach Pete Matthews, which uh, I enjoyed. I enjoyed playing for him. He was a good man. Uh, I, I regret doing that, but that got me. Right. And then one time the team rolled it all all once. Uh, Caught you on a bad day. That's all. Oh yeah, we, we had we had guys. There was a guy that rolled snake eyes twice in our four really? years. Yeah. <laughs> Twice he got off free. The same dude got off free twice. There he must have gone to church every weekend. I'm guessing. <laughs> must have because you know it was uh, one of those one of those things where it was unbelievable. And like I don't know how you guys did it, but when I when I was there, right, he'd bring him out of the out of the shed and set him there in front of the shed, and everybody would circle around. <laughs> you know, like just watching to see what they're what the accused fate was going to be right that's hilarious yeah (laughs) we uh i remember my freshman year uh we were sitting there we'd have a meeting before monday practice and a couple of our senior kind of leaders walked in late then he just he fucking went off in the locker room and then we had to go out usually mondays were like six 110s at a leisurely pace just to kind of move again and get going I think we ran, it was 22, maybe 20, 22 or 26, something ridiculous one time. It's dead sprints because we were all scared for our life. You know, it was just, <laughs> you know, it was what, what it was. <laughs> yeah, man. He was, it was, it was great, great to play for him. And I, I was lucky, um, you know, with him that you know, we had, you know, the head coach now, Jason Mangoni. But did he he played with you right? Were yep. you guys there yeah, at the same played time? With Jay. Yep. And um, he was he was our OC, so I, I got a chance to you know right. to, to work with with both of those guys. But Coach Salomon man was was one of a kind for sure. And I, I kept the discipline dice when I went on to become a a head coach. You know, I've, I've been a head coach in different spots, and even with my throwers, uh, when I was a throws coach, I had I had dice, <laughs> and if they did something wrong, we're rolling the dice. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's one thing that's pretty cool to think about. Like, think about the coaching tree that's come out, you know, mm-hmm. from Coach. It's, it's huge, you know, and um, oh, yeah. something kind of – I was always – like, when I was coaching, people would always talk about leadership and the, the impact you have on kids. And I was always kind of of the mindset, like, whatever, just do your fucking job, do a good job, and the kids will follow you. And, you know, but kind of after, after Coach passed and seeing how many people were at his funeral and stuff and just all – talking to everybody i kind of started to take that stuff a little more serious mm-hmm. you know which is with these things unfortunate you kind of did it too late but it was you know yep. the last couple of years i was coaching i kind of took that to heart a little more like you can you know i can probably have a much bigger impact on these kids than i'm actually taking advantage of mm-hmm. you know what i mean but just seeing everybody there i was like yeah I probably need to do a better job with this stuff you know oh, but yeah. uh you know that that's how stuff goes takes you getting punched in the mouth sometimes to, to wake your ass up you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah i mean it's i'm i mean i'm 32 right so you're about 10 years older than me yeah. and and I, i've had those moments too where it's like it, it you know if i if i only knew you know if right. i you know if i only knew you know to to do these things more when i was earlier in the game you know or when i was still there 
know, I talk about it all the time. One, one of the things, another Brockport guy we can talk about that had an influence on me without even, I don't even think he even realized it because he barely worked with me, was Ed Jaskolski. Yeah. Right? Like, I saw what he was doing. What, he was a throws coach. He wasn't even our strength coach um, at that time. But when I, when I started coaching throws, I started looking at, like, all right, you know, Ed was kicking ass up there having all Americans year after year after year, you know, how did, how was he training those kids? Right. And that, and that influence led me to, to looking into the conjugate stuff and then learning, you know, and, and all that, like as a coach, you have so much influence. And as a strength coach, I think we as strength coaches, when you see every kid, you know, we hope, right. Every kid, every athlete, Right. You know, that just that reach is just that much further. Right? I think it's the coolest thing in the world where you could have an influence on, a, you know, me, a former thrower and football player could have influence on a distance runner. Right. You know, and that's what yeah. you know, being a strength coach brings to us. So hey, remember, I told you these things are going to spin way off. Yeah, we're definitely not keeping to the uh, rest <laughs> periods for speed work right now. That's all right. Definitely not. Definitely not. All right, so we'll get, we'll try to get back on there. But that was good to talk about Coach, you know, Coach Salomon, and you know, hope his his family's doing well, and may may he rest in peace for sure. Before we, we just move on from him completely. All right, we'll continue with the Iron Dread podcast after a brief word from our sponsors. This is Coach Phil Jacobs, head football coach of the Dexter Dreadnoughts. You are listening to the Iron Dread podcast. So, um, when, when you're, are watching sports, what do you like to watch? What's your favorite sport to watch? Uh, football, but I really, I don't watch much, honestly. And I've never, I don't know why I've never been one to sit down and watch a full game. You know what I mean? Like, I don't spend an afternoon watching a game. Just never been like that. Probably should have been. Cause I probably would have been a better football player. Probably would have understood the game a little bit more. Um, but if I had to pick one, I'd say football, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I don't even find I don't find myself watching watching too many games in their entirety as well. You know, when you're a New York Jets fan too, it's kind of hard to watch. <laughs> but hey, another Brockport guy down there, right? Justice Justice uh, Gallic is that how yeah, you pronounce yep, his last name? Yep. He's yep. He, he's down there with the Jets. All right. So we talked about wings, but what would you say is your favorite food? Burgers. Just like any, like whenever I travel or whenever we get, you know, try to get a burger. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't really matter what kind, just a burger. Give me a burger, I'm good to go. Amen. Amen. I, I, I just got my hands on one of those pellet grill smoker type things. Ooh, yeah. Listen, you like a, a burger, making a, a smoked burger on that, on that thing. That was one of the first things I made. Oh. Nice, dude. Oh, it's quality. And, Hey, and with burgers, right, you, you can you can run like the whole world of flavor options, right? Think of the possibilities for a burger. Like Dude, there's a there's a local place here. I stopped on my way home from the gym one night, just stopped in and grabbed one for dinner. And they had a, they have stuffed burgers and they have like a burger that's stuffed with fruity pebbles. Wow. So yeah, like it does not sound good, but you're talking about possibilities. I'm, uh, I'm guessing the creator of that was um, a fan of Cheech and Chong, we'll say. 
good good chance good chance but you th- hey but you think about this though the the savoriness flavor of a burger with that sweetness of the fruity pebbles yeah I'm I'm a texture eater, so yeah. I mean, the crunch coming afterwards, maybe. Yeah. Maybe I should maybe I should give it a chance. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, I got a, a buddy of mine that when I tell him about that, he'll he'll want to come over and we'll make uh, smoked <laughs> burgers. I'll send you I'll send you a picture of it if it happens. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the last one. This is the last one here, um, and uh, it centers around music. Okay. Uh, I know you're a big music fan. Uh, specifically, you know, kind of what are what are your big genres that you like? Um, you know, what do you like to train to, et cetera? Uh, mostly metal. Yeah, I've been like that since high school. Hated rap in college. Um, guys would come in, put it out in the weight room, it would piss me off. Um, but I've actually I've kind of broadened my horizons as I've aged, I guess. Um, you know, I can get into the hip hop stuff and rap a little bit now. Uh, but for the most part, just metal, Slayer, uh, Pantera, Hatebreed, those those types of things. Mm-hmm. It, it, it can't go wrong with that stuff, especially when it when it comes to to training. And if you uh, if you watch any of Nate's videos, there's there's almost always a heavy metal song uh, song playing on it when you when you check that out. Um, so, as a part of the show, is our, our guests get to pick a weight room song of the week. And at the end of the show, I play a little, you know, snippet of the of the song, and then I put the song on a Spotify playlist. So if people want to go listen to the whole song, they can find our, our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Remember, you can find that in the show notes, or just go on Spotify and search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week. So, Mr. Harvey, you get to add your own installment to the Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist. And what song would you pick to add? To this list uh i'm gonna go something you probably haven't heard um electric wizard dope throne electric wizard dope throne yeah i i most definitely have not heard that song but we will find it and get it on there it's uh it's i, I got it, it's good it's good I got a, I got a feeling it's going to be loud, and a lot of guitar riffs, and I'm, I'm about that life. I'm about that life, especially when it comes to training. Today, today was Mosh Pit Monday in training. We have, we have theme days. Nice, nice. I like that. I think I stole that. I don't know if I stole that idea from you or, or who it was. We play different. We have different themed music days in, in the weight room at school, uh, when we do it. So Mondays are always mosh pit Mondays and you know most famous day is Wu Tang Wednesday. That yeah, we used to have that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The kids like that the best too. They got to put a bunch of rap on all day. I mean, old old dirty said Wu Tang is for the children. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. It is true. All right. So Moving, moving along here, you know, we kind of the speed set questions always kind of get us talking about a lot of the things that I have have on my list. I, I probably should just call them something different. Well, <laughs> like know. most speed squat workouts, you're going with the intent of getting through it quick and it lasts a little longer than you think. Yeah, lasts a little, a little bit longer, but it, it, I like them because they get some good talking points. So a lot of different things so we discussed. So we kind of discussed already, like how you train and and all those things. Um, so the the next thing I'm I'm thinking is with you 
Um, we're talking about conjugate for athletes and you said how, you know, you were, you were an athlete, you started experimenting with it. Um, and, and that's kind of what led you into it. Now, um, in addition to that, right, you're not just a, a guy who, who has a learned experience through trial and error with this method. You know, you have, you have your CSCS as well. So you have that, you know, that base background behind it too, from a, a strength and conditioning standpoint, plus 10 years in the, you know, 10 years in the, at the university of Buffalo. And then you've bounced around a couple other places before that, right? Yeah, I was, I was actually a certified phys ed teacher. So I kind of, I didn't, I didn't um, end up doing that full time, but subbing and then, you know, a lot of private sector work before uh, getting into college. So again, so when, you know, again, if you're not unfamiliar with Nate, like, you know, he's got, he's got a lot of experience to, you know, kind of help all of us learn. And I I was thinking about, you know, all right, well, what am I going to ask him? I gotta, I gotta have him on here. I gotta ask him some questions about the weight room and about conjugate stuff, stuff that it's been on my brain. And, and I'm going to tell you, um, you know, Nate, Nate is a, is a guy that, you know, you send him a message, you get on one of his, you know, ask me anything, you know, from live from the war wagon. Uh, I've been, been on there and watched those a few times where you're asking questions. He's always willing to, to help. So if you listen to this podcast, um, you know, hit, hit up Nate with, with your, with your questions and then, Hey, while you're at it, buy some elite FDS equipment or a conjugate you shirt. Hey, there you go. There you go. At plug number two. Well, I'll, I'll get all the hey, plugs well, in. I'm not a 10 more. We got to get in there. Yeah. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a professional broadcaster by any means, but I'm learning, <laughs> I'm learning the ways of, of how to do this. <laughs> all right. So what I, what I'm thinking that one of the big ones that, that I want to ask you, and I don't think I've heard it in, in any of your, your stuff. And you, you may have answered this one before, but you know, I, I don't think I've heard it. Uh, what are, what do you think three mistakes are the three biggest mistakes you see with people that implement the conjugate system with athletes? What are, what are three big mistakes that people tend to make with the system method? Um, get too caught up in percentages, get too caught up in bands or chains or what exercise they're doing and don't pay enough attention to good form on the movements that their kids are doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, you know, let's break those down a little bit. Cause I know that I've, I've, I've run the gamut of, of this or myself and I know other other coaches that have implemented this. I've I've gotten bogged down in the percentages. Like, okay, when when it says in the book that we need 30% on the bar uh plus bands, uh, you know, am I supposed to figure out the percentage of the band tension on top of that? Or hey, I follow along, okay, it says this band for this amount of squat, uh this amount of weight, whatever. But one of the biggest ones I think I got jammed up on, and correct me if I'm wrong. If we're going to change to a specialty bar, right, um, and we say, all right, 30%, we're just saying 30% of your best squat max with a straight bar, and then, so say I'm going to use a yoke bar. I guess I'm not explaining it correctly. If I'm going to use a yoke bar, a yoke bar is a different bar and different weight. When I want want 30% and I'm going to use yoke bar for a speed cycle of squats, I still take 30% of my straight bar max, not 30% of my yoke bar max. You can honestly, you can do either because they're not, they're not going to vary, especially with younger lifters. They're not going to vary a ton. So just pick one and move it fast. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. So just pick it, picking one and, and going. And, that, and that's something that, you know, we've gotten to that, like, all right, Hey, 
yeah, on the on the program it says you know thirty or thirty five percent. You know, a kid loads loads the weight on the bar, and you know they're they're moving slow. All right. Well, well, just right. back back that down. That, that that's something that we've we've learned. Um, I think one of the things that people often get afraid afraid of, and you mentioned it right, is people make these mistakes, uh, worried about form. Right when we say max effort work, uh, right. how how do you define? You know, for our listeners, how do you define what good max effort work looks like when they're watching somebody train? Uh, as heavy as they can go without breaking form. You know, maybe give them a chance to take it again or maybe take a small jump. But uh, don't don't let the kids' knees cave in. Don't let them get rounded over like crazy. If it starts to look squirrely, shut them down. And it's a lot of, a lot of times that's when, when people get themselves into bad situations, right? And, right, yeah, absolutely. And then they say, "Oh, that that max work. That, you know, you can't be doing that max effort work. You're gonna you're gonna break the kids." Yeah, yeah, and it's you know, especially in a high school setting or unexperienced lifters, max effort is relative. You know, it's it's kind of a, a loosely, I would say, a loosely applied term. Um, it it should be just really hard. That's a really hard thing for the day. You know, and leave it at that. Yeah. You don't you don't you don't have you shouldn't miss. You don't have to crush them. Just, uh, just make it hard for the day. Yeah, just working, working up to, to something heavy. Um, I've started talking about, it, like, like using like the RPE scale a little bit. Yep. Like they, they don't know, they don't know what that is. But if I can say, all right, hey, a ten is, you know, an all out everything you got. It might be a little bit ugly, you know, rep. I want an eight on this. Yep. yep. You know, so whatever you know, we kind of, kind of get them, get them there. Um, now, with that, when you were in the weight room, um, you know, a lot of a lot of times, especially with us in the education setting, right? They want us to have documentation of you know progress in the weight room. Uh, at the at the collegiate level, I'm sure you didn't you didn't you know maybe you had to do that, maybe maybe you didn't. But how how would you or how did you kind of track progress in your athletes i would um i asked the coach what they want to see and then we would just train and those things would usually improve so whether it was vertical jump squat max agility test if the kids just do a good job training that stuff's going to improve so that was you know that way you're kind of pleasing the coach and and hitting all the pegs you need to you know what i mean mm-hmm. and, and when you're Doing the um, doing different variations, right? Obviously, conjugate. Uh, you know, if you're if you're listening to this and you don't know what conjugate is, you can go way back and listen to another episode that I did, where explaining the basics of the conjugate system. You go read Nate's book and fully understand this, and come back to it. We're not going to really discuss the basics of of conjugate here. There's enough information on that out there. Um, but when you're doing different variations, did you keep any you know record of you know the different variations? and performances in those no i didn't if the kids wanted to keep track they could but i didn't i had too many athletes to track and -hmm. i shouldn't use that as a cop-out but i wasn't i wasn't concerned i knew they were going to improve you know what i mean if they like i said if they just did a good job training i knew things were going to work out so i wasn't you know i would keep like i said what the coaches wanted to see we would track that and that was that was basically it yeah I'm with you there. Like I've I've bounced around with it, like because 
you know, some of it selling, selling it to some of these kids and the, and these coaches, sometimes I feel like there's that one kid that if you can show them, all right, Hey, we did, we did a floor press for a single, you know, two months ago and you did this weight and then be able to be like, Oh, look, all right. I sometimes I might help with the, with the buy-in, but how about this? I've gotten this one before and I'm sure you you've gotten it. Coach. We, you know, I used to train with my dad who did this and I feel like training conjugate. I got, I got weaker. How, how do you answer that, that question? Uh, I don't know. Just <laughs> try to get them to train a few weeks and hopefully they'll start, you know, start seeing the difference or maybe give them a little bit. If they want to throw a couple extra exercises in or something too. let them, you know what I mean? If they're doing a good job on their other stuff go ahead and let them try it out, you know, throw a couple extra things in to help them feel better. Yeah. Like working the, and I think every kid's different, right. But trying to work that, like how, how do you get into their brain and get them to understand like, this is, this is what we, this is what we're going to do. This is our philosophy of training, but this is all, there's also many reasons why we do it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah try to educate them the best you can, you know, try to try to work with them, educate them, but it's tough. Sometimes, sometimes it ain't gonna work no matter what you do. Yeah, the, sometimes it just ain't gonna. They're they're not gonna they're not gonna buy in because there's things either in their own head or outside of you know them that's influencing them the other way, and they don't they don't want to don't want to listen. I, I I agree with you there. We we have it when we get those kids. You know, at times like at first, you know, we do like kind of do like you know, oh, come on, you know, this is this is how we train, blah blah blah. And sometimes the kids might get a little nasty and be like, hey, listen you're one of, you know, two kids in an entire school in a strength program that got weaker with this program. I'll take my averages. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, you're, you're, you're one of two kids that's ever said that you got weaker from doing this program. You know, maybe, maybe you got weaker because we actually fixed some stuff uh, that's going to help you in the long term. Right. You know, right. Like there's, all, there's hundreds of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, hey, you know, I, I know you you like to field this one a lot, Coach. I, I I'm stronger. I'm stronger if I bring my feet in closer on the on the squat. Oh, hey, well, no, yeah, we, that's we, why we, we're training wide because you suck at it. <laughs> yeah, we want. No, hey, we train wide because of this. Oh, but I'm stronger here. Oh, gee, you know, come on, man. Like just listen, this is why we're doing it. And blah blah blah. When they still, you know, it's it's stuff that you know we all we all deal with and we, you know we laugh. I know you and I have talked talked before about you know stuff coaches say and stuff uh stuff we get. Um, it's, yeah, it's never ending. <laughs> it's ne- never never ending stuff. And that's one of the things if you if you don't follow Nate already, follow Nate and check out his uh shit sport coaches say uh videos. They are uh hilarious and for those of us in the profession, uh, you've most definitely heard heard them. Like, there's there's been times where you've put those videos out, and the guy I work with, uh, Phil Jacobs, who's a previous guest on the show, he was our head football coach. They hired him uh, to come in, and he hired me onto the football staff, and then tasked me with building the strength program. Nice. And um, you know, and he he teaches four of our strength classes during the day too, so we we collaborate a lot. So there's, there's times when we might be dealing with an issue with, uh, 
you know, somebody questioning the system or somebody, you know, some sport coach doing something. And I'll just walk in with my phone and be like, press play. And it's your video. And it's the exact, <laughs> the exact situation we're going through. And we laugh about it. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> We've all had it happen. For sure. We, ha- we have some trouble. So the, the moral of the story <laughs> is sport coaches, just trust us. We have the best interest of your athletes in mind, please. Right. All right. Same thing with athletes. Trust us. We're doing this stuff. We have the best interest of you because we want to see you perform and do well. Absolutely. We're preaching on that. Preaching on that one. Uh, one of the big, big things that I I'm trying to kind of look at and figure out how I should implement it with our athletes. Cause I feel we need to do more of it is more, you know, sprint training. Yeah. When you, when you were at Buffalo, um, how did you implement sprint training? What did it look like in like the span of a, a, a weight training session? Did they do it on a, in a separate session? And when they were in the weight room, did they do it in conjunction? Kind of how did you work sprint training in? Um, we didn't do a lot because the, the coaches tended to run them a lot. Um, something that would work great is just do a few 10 yard sprints before your lift before lower body days. When we did sprints um, with our off-season teams, it would typically be before our lower body days, and that was our short distance sprint. Might be 20 yards on a hill, whatever. Um, And then uh, our longer distance or conditioning stuff was done after our upper body session. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of how we paired it up. And would you run it like, you know, obviously in the collegiate setting, you don't have a, a ton of time usually with the kids. Would you, you train and then immediately go into the conditioning or would you schedule them? All right. Hey, you're, you're going to strength train from, you know, seven to eight. And then you're coming back this afternoon for conditioning work. Like kind of how did, how did that stuff work? We we do it right after just right get after. them in there and get the stuff done and, and get them out. Yeah. Okay. Huh. It's uh you know, it's always, I think that's one of the things is us as strength coach, like we read it, you know, you read it in the book. All right, this is a good idea. Now learning how to implement it into your environment in your, in your area. Like we, if we're with us, you know, we're lucky enough to, you know, our, we have a small four lane indoor track. So for me to, for me to throw kids out there, you know, and do, you know, you know, five or 10, 10 yard sprints, like, that it's not gonna it's not gonna be a big deal um, yeah no it's quick get them in there get it done and you don't have to kill kids you don't have to kill them on volume with with sprint stuff now would you would you also jump them on that day or would that kind of that sprint like you heard like the uh i listened to a presentation the other day on like the the sprint jump throw i think it was mike boyle stuff right um would you still jump them on that sprint day or would that sprint kind of fill that lane you know you talk in your book about training lanes would that sprint uh work kind of fill that jumps lane for the day or would you still would you do those uh as well you you could do it both ways you could you could do both of them um or depending on your time limitations have it be a substitute for your jump so either way would work you know if, if you have time for both and the uh ability for both do both or if you know it depending on their, where they're at with their programming. If it makes sense, do both. But if not, just pick one. Okay. And from a, you know, you brought up like conditioning work and stuff like that. Uh, did you implement any sled drag stuff with your, with your athletes? Uh, a little bit, probably not enough. Could have done more. 
Uh, we just, I just didn't experiment with it enough until kind of towards the end. Then we started to do a little more. But uh, it's, it's definitely a great tool. I'm doing more of it now with Waverly. We're going to start getting into more of that. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, you bring up Waverly. Like, you, you consult them right now um, as far as, like, you, are, you're writing their, their programming and consulting with their coaches down there, Waverly, Ohio? Yeah, basically, I'll, I'll write the workout and then go down every four or six weeks to see how things are going. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll just kind of go from there and build from there. With, with the way things are right now, I haven't been down much lately. I just write the program and we keep kind of progressing and go on the coach's feedback. But yeah, that's kind of, kind of how we've been doing things down there. It's been working out well so far. And they, and they also outfitted their weight room with, um, you know, a ton of elite FTS equipment as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. They have three different weight rooms and they're all, all our stuff. So they're, they're bought in. They, they do a great job down there. They have a ton of community support. So yeah. Kind of crazy. There's there's some good videos on on, a, on the Elite FTS YouTube channel about about Waverly and it kind of talks about uh you know they they have you know their their strength coach that works with their kids um and then they they also have a guy on the school board right that that was a former strength coach uh yeah he was um not so much a strength coach but just kind of a big supporter of athletics mm-hmm. and uh, is on the school board now I believe he's the president um but every everybody from the top down is on board and that's you know. For, for something like that to work, that's kind of the way you got to have it set up. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, we all, we all try and, uh, and try to get everybody, everybody in. Cause it's a big financial investment, um, as well, you know, so yeah. when school's going to allocate money and that's one of the things that, you know, you've done a lot of too, is, is helping people. Cause one of the, you know, when I, we'll kind of spin this into talking a little bit about equipment, uh, and if another training question pops into my brain, I'll, we'll spin back to it. But um, you know, a lot of people say, oh, Nate, you know, man, I really, I really want to get that elite FTS rack, but oh, I don't know how to make the money. So that's one of the things you've worked with people to fundraise, right? What were some of the things that you've done with people to help fundraise? I'm just trying to give them ideas, you know, raffles are a good idea. Uh, booster clubs, um, get parents together to maybe form a booster club. Uh, it's, it's, it's tough. I under, I completely understand, you know, and that's why I want to try to help people out. You know, if, if I can help, um, maybe do a seminar, raise a couple hundred bucks or, you know, whatever we can do. We, we like to try to help, try to help out, but it's, it's tough, man. You gotta, you gotta get, like I said, you gotta get the support coming from the top down. Um, and sometimes just showing the people at the top that you have a little bit of interest from the community to get this going will be enough to get them on board. You know what I mean? So then Mm -hmm. you can, sometimes you just got to show them you're willing to do a little work, um, to get things rolling and then they'll, they'll hop right on. That's kind of what happened when I was at UB. I was kind of throwing around the idea of a new room um, and kind of put some plans together and stuff. And then administration jumped on luckily. So. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, uh, it's one of those things where like for us, like when, when we started the iron drip program four years ago, like I had all these aspirations of getting all these things and I have no idea how we're going to get them. You know, but with, with us, it, it wound up being, you know, having, they have Michigan high school powerlifting here. You know, we started a powerlifting team. And then we hosted a meet yeah. and, and made, made like $8,000 in one day hosting a powerlifting meet. Damn. Like that, that's what did it for us. That's awesome, you know, dude. you know, as, and that's, you know, we, we immediately took it and, and spun it and got some, you know, body temper rollers. We got some, all kinds of other equipment. And, you know, now, now what we're, we're working on a little bit is, and then, and this is one thing that I'll give Nate credit for as well. I'll, I'll send him an email. Hey, I'm working on trying to get n- new or different this. 
what kind of number am I working with? And, <laughs> and uh, you know, we, we've done that correspondence many times and, and Nate's always been very gracious with, with me and all my uh, requests for, for fundage. So I know what kind of number I'm working at so I can go, uh, you know, try and try and get, get stuff right now. Right now we're working on new racks. Hopefully we'll uh, get some new racks in there. Yeah, man, I, uh, I didn't have anything in high school, so I got kind of a soft spot in my heart for the high school, you know, trying to get stuff. So I'm always going to try to help you guys out as much as I can. Yeah, it, it, like I said, it's, it's been cool. Like, I, I, I don't delete any emails, right? So if I type in Nate Harvey, you could go back and just see, like, a, a long-ass list of emails ranging back. Uh, how, much, how much for these, these racks? What, what about these bars? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and now we're and now we're, we're you know we're lucky enough that you know we have all our all our specialty bars are elite FTS, um, American Bar, Buffalo Bar. Uh, I'm sorry, American Bar, Cambridge Bar, uh, Yoke Bar, and what else we got? We got those three. Yeah, and then we wind up getting. You guys didn't sell a Buffalo Bar, so we had to get that from somewhere else. But right, right. Um, That's cool, yeah. man. We we appreciate it. You know, I know money's tight. But... Any, anything you guys do is, is much appreciated, man, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things where, you know, Dave talks about it, and I think you live it, where I can reach out to you and ask you a question, and I, I get an answer. I, I can go on Elite FTS and read an article for free that helps me that I can do something with, with my kids for free. Like, Straight up, you know, whether it's an article you wrote or, or any of the other people on there, um, I can learn a bunch of stuff for free. So I, I like that, the fact that you guys are willing to give so much. And then when it comes time, like, hell yeah, I want to I support that company because I got something from them. You know, any, any of the other companies, I don't need to mention them by name. I'm not getting any, any information from any of these other places without paying for it. You know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, that's always kind of been Dave's mission, and that's you know what helped me get into coaching when I was coming up. So try to try to do the same thing now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, and it's it's helped me to learn tremendously, um, further further my understanding of things, and get going. And you've always made yourself available to me, and I and uh, and I appreciate that. All right. Uh, so I know like with the pandemic going on, right, there's a lot of stuff put on hold, but um, anything exciting you got coming up either professionally or personally in the near future? Uh, I'm looking forward to getting back out and doing some seminars and stuff. Um, but other than that, uh, just trying to do a good job with the orders we got coming in and stuff and, you know, keep chugging along as of now. Yeah. At this point, we had a brief loss of connection between Nate and I. Uh, with internet not working too well, but we started talking about his seminars and how they can help people to learn the conjugate system. I think I think people shy away from the the conjugate method because they watch they watch or read Louis stuff, and Louis can sometimes talk in circles on you. And if you don't have a good like, if you don't have that good basic entry level understanding to know what he's talking about. It, you lose you. He'll lose you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like think about some of the smartest people you know, and have a conversation with them. It's at some point it's going to be kind of hard to follow. 
Yep. You know what I mean? Anybody that's really a really deep, extensive expert on a particular subject, you're going to get that. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and what, I, what I love now is having gone, you know, with your stuff and, you know, winning stuff and all these other different people that put out, put out things, Dave. Now I go back and I read the Louis stuff. Oh, and it makes sense. Like, oh, okay, I know what he's yeah. talking about now. You know, you you did the you did the the one hundred one level, the one hundred two level, the one hundred three level, or you know, now now you're going you're going closer up there towards that master's the you know level class when it when it comes to the Louis for sure. Right, right. So, all right. Well, I um I don't anything else that I didn't bring up that you'd like to talk about any uh you know equipment sales things that I haven't brought up. Or anything like that? No, I don't think so, man. I think you covered everything. You know, like you said, if, if anybody needs help with anything, let me know. I'm on Instagram. Um, Nate Harvey, I, I switched my handle 2450. Um, Facebook, wherever. Uh, my email's out there. Email's nharvey at Elite FTS. But um, if there's anything we can do to help, just let us know. That's that's what we're here for, basically. All right. All right. So make sure, again, catch that social media handle for, for Nate, Nate Harvey 2450. Um, uh, you know, give him a follow on there. Um, if you you know, want to reach out to him, reach out to him at, at his email as well, Malita FPS, net. right? You said? Yep, yep. All right. Uh reach out to him there. Uh if you heard him on the Iron Dread podcast, reach out and tell him uh that you heard about him on the Iron Dread podcast and and work with him. Like I said, this man has been uh more than uh accommodating to yours truly, uh with all kinds of questions and you know helping with equipment and ideas and just uh like i've, I've got to you know send it sending them a message and saying oh, what a clip of an old west side video well why are they doing it like this <laughs> <laughs> you know so i you know nate I, again i can't thank you enough not only for being on the show but all you've done to help me throughout this and that was one of the big reasons why i want to have you on uh because you've been a huge help to me and i hope that our listeners enjoy listening to you and they follow your stuff and they support elite fts Thanks, man. Hey, it goes both ways. You you guys help us, and we'll we'll try to help you. So, we appreciate it as well. It's two way street, man. Absolutely. Hey, so be on the lookout. You know, any anybody in the Michigan area, and we're hoping to. Uh, you know, Nate and I will uh, will get this uh, seminar. Uh, you know, locked down here. Hopefully, in the springtime, if if the world ever opens back up again. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> All right, Nate. Well, thank you for being on the show. Uh, hope to have you back soon. Will do. Anytime, man. I'm in. Let me know. Thank you. Thanks again to Nate for stopping by and chatting with us. Again, had a really great time talking with him uh, and a, lo- a lot of fun. Hopefully you enjoyed listening and getting to know Nate. Don't forget to follow him at NateHarvey2450 on all social media platforms and hit him up if you're interested in getting some Elite FTS equipment at nharvey at elitefts.com. Reach out to Nate. Um, if you like what you heard, let him know you heard him here on your Iron Dread podcast. So, folks, we're going to pause for a brief word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with everybody's favorite segment of your Iron Dread podcast. That, of course, is our traditional weight room song of the week, presented as always. By Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. The Iron Dread Podcast is brought to you in part by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. 
available for all your DJ and line dance needs. Please visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking information. So crank it up. This is Dane Roach, owner and head powerlifting coach at Power and Performance, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Folks, you know what that sound drop means. It's time for this week's Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week. Presented, as always, by our official music sponsor, Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. This week, this week, our special guest, Nate Harvey, has selected a new one to be added to the playlist. This one comes from the band Electric Wizard and their song, Dope Throne. I'm going to tell you this song is loud, intense. Nate uses this song in a lot of his videos. Crank it up. So there you have it, this week's Weight Room Song of the Week, chosen by our special guest this week, Mr. Nate Harvey, and that is Electric Wizard's Dope Throne. Remember, you can find that song and every song on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist. All those songs that have been suggested by our guests on this show are on our playlist on Spotify. You can find a link to that in the show notes or just go on Spotify and search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week. Check out the show notes this week as well for a link to Nate Harvey's book, Conjugate You, and visit EliteFTS.com and read more articles and information from Nate. Pick up a Conjugate You shirt. Check out all the different things that are there for you. 
most of them for absolutely free on EliteFTS.com. Hey, if you look far enough, you might even find an article on there written by yours truly. So, folks, that's all I have for you this week. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Again, follow us on social media at IronDreadPod on all platforms. I'm Coach underscore Whitaker at Coach underscore Whitaker 66 on Instagram and Twitter. Give me a follow. Give me a shout. Again, if you want to be on the show, you got a good story, hit me up. Would love to chat with you and get you on a future episode of your Iron Dread podcast. So, folks, until episode 53, remember, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker, signing off.